Welcome to the geek to geek podcast where we have a travel bug. I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Beige. Oh no, bugs! That, okay, that was an accent you do not use often. Today we're talking <laughs> about travel, especially like geeky travel, like how do we keep it geeky while we're traveling? Um, because you were traveling a couple weeks ago and I was yep. like, maybe we'll get to these co- topics and we didn't really because it was more about your trip, which was great because that's what I wanted to hear at the time. Um, but you might also be traveling right now while people are listening to this. You have some yeah, travel coming up. people listening to this, I probably am. Depending on when this airs, there's a good chance that I'll be on the road-ish around there, yeah. Yeah, so again, this is one of the reasons that our October kind of got thrown off, but we thought we'd talk about it. It's a good chance to talk about it. So I know you have a little less history with travel than I do, so do you want to like yeah. talk first about where you're coming from? Yeah, I mean, I didn't... Well, I traveled a lot as a kid, but it wasn't very far. My family always took family vacations. We were always going somewhere that that was within driving distance or on, on weekend trips, stuff like that, uh, when I was super young. And growing up where I did, being in southern middle Tennessee, is we were perfectly situated to have quite a bit of stuff around us that we could do within driving distance. So, like... Like, we were an hour and a half south of Nashville, and so there's a lot of stuff in Nashville to do, and so we could take weekend trips up there. We used to have a theme park there called Opryland, which is which was just fantastic, being able to go. Like, it was a super high-quality uh, uh, amusement park. Um, we About an hour and a half to the south of me, we had the Huntsville Space and Rocket Center, where, you know, NASA is based, one of the big... Rock, Space and Rocket Centers is uh, here in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, which is about an hour now about an hour to the east of me, but it was about an hour and a half to two hours southeast. And so we could drive down there and I could nerd out at the uh, Space and Rocket Center and uh, and do stuff like that when I was a kid. And, and that was great. We lived near the mountains. And whenever we had a five hour drive to the mountains uh, to spend a week there, I would just sit and read Tolkien or a Star Wars novel and not watch any of the uh, scenery go by. And uh, just we... We did stuff like that. Like, I loved to travel. My family, I always had such a good time doing that. But it was always in the southeast that we would always, that the furthest away we would go would be to Florida or to the Panhand, somewhere in the Florida Panhandle or maybe Daytona Beach uh, down about midway. And we never really went further out. And the older I've gotten, the uh, more I've had to travel for work, the more uh, Jennifer and I have been able to save up and go to different places to travel. And we uh, probably the furthest that I've traveled now was Portland, Oregon, a few years ago, where we uh, we had saved up and decided we want that, that to be a big trip. So we saved up and went out there. And uh, one of the best things we did, you know, speaking of being geeky doing that is like we always prioritize going to museums a lot because we're those kind of people anyway. But we also like when there's a science museum or something like that, the OMSI, the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry was probably the best thing about that trip outside of like running on a volcano. That was probably the best. But the... uh but the science museum that we went to was just fantastic. So we tend to take trips and do stuff like that while we're traveling. And uh, like I've 
I, I've traveled to New Mexico, uh, Albuquerque for uh, uh, work, and uh, now I'm trying Phoenix and some stuff like that, but it's not been for pleasure, and I've never been out of the country. And one of the reasons Jennifer and I don't have kids right now is because we want to travel. I mean, we are we are very much the we want to have experiences over things kind of people and uh we have some cool stuff i mean we we don't like live in squalor but we try to spend the most money that we can on travel and doing things like that to enjoy it so uh we don't have kids right now partially because we know we want to travel while we're young and able to and uh then either adopt or have kids a little bit later on and uh, but we just love travel. Yeah, so I do too. I love travel also, but I'm coming at it from a very different place than you. Um, yeah. I did a ton, a ton of road trips when I was a kid. And then we also, we flew to see grandparents. So I had grandparents in Florida, and then later they lived in Arizona. So there were a couple places right. there. And then I also had two uncles that both of them were like business guys early in their career. So they actually moved a bunch. So there were a lot of different cities that we would fly to or drive to or whatever and have family there. You know, you kind of end right. somewhere with family. So you're not staying in a hotel all the time, only kind of in between places. And then part of it was that like my mom was a teacher for the huge part of her career. And right. so she would have every summer off, which meant that my dad only had yeah. to find like a week and a half or two week window somewhere in the summer, but it could kind of be anywhere in the summer and it would line up mm-hmm. overall with the family schedule. So we would do these long road trips every summer. And that's awesome. And yeah. we didn't have family. I never had family up, up anywhere other than just our local little area. A lot of my family didn't move away and do anything. So we didn't have that aspect of it to be able to ease it up any. Yeah. And part of it is that like, you know, my my mom's side of the family like moved a bunch when she was a kid. And so she's not even from here. So by the time, you know, I was around, like people were kind of yeah. scattered. And now at this point, people are more settled. But at the time when I was younger, like there were a lot of excuses to go to places that we hadn't been before as people were moving around, which was great. And the other thing is like, look at a map of where I am in the country, Minnesota, right? There's not yeah. actually anything interesting within like one state of me outside of the Twin Cities where I live. Like I'm I'm just going to be honest, right? Like I know where I live. Like yeah. the Twin Cities is I, I love I love my cities. I I love the greater metropolitan area that I'm in. We have arts, we have culture, we have all this great stuff. But once you get outside of like the Twin Cities, there's not a whole lot within about a state of us, you know, unless you want to yep. go like up north. There's lots of cabins, there's lots of lakes. We have that in Minnesota. We got that covered, you know. There's Lake Superior and stuff up there. But isn't it the whole like isn't Minnesota like the land of 10,000 lakes or something like that? It uh, is. Yeah, I'm sure there's more than that, but that is one of the state slogan things. Yep. For sure. That's what I thought. Like you said that and all of a sudden like like seventh grade social studies clicked in and it's like, oh yeah, that there are a lot of lakes in Minnesota. Yeah, but I mean, right around me you got North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Like okay um it's it is what it is so the thing is like we would drive towards wherever but if you're going out towards the edges of the country from where i am everything is basically the same distance away roughly yep you know you can go like upper northwest coast you can go like southwest into the desert you can go straight south and get the deep south you can go like southeast you can go northeast everywhere you know all the coasts they're all basically the same distance Mm -hmm. if you're going all the way out to the edges so we did like that's what we did when i was a kid at some point i started tracking it and at this point i have been to 48 of the 50 states so so basically the continental i'm assuming yeah it's the the continental um the only places i haven't been are alaska and hawaii which i will do at some point not right 
now yes. because I have kids and the age they are. But like you said, <laughs> you guys don't have kids. And one of the reasons is travel. We have kids, but we had kids early ish compared to other people our age because yes. we wanted to like do that and get done with that so that we could get them out of the house early enough that we could enjoy like travel and together time before we're super old basically right you know like our kids will be you know if they're not out of the house they will be full adults by the time we're in our like later 40s but before we're 50 mm -hmm. that's for sure and that means that like we should be pretty good on income by then you know, whereas like income is more challenging when you're in your early 20s and late 20s and 30s now. Yeah. Welcome to millennial life. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know how yeah. it goes. Like you're, hopefully, hopefully income will be better by the time. And then we'll be able to travel and enjoy it and not worry about the kids, not worry about not having them yet. So that's part of the consideration, too. Um, and then I did travel like I did more flying around college time um just because of where family was at like i would go stay with my grandma right. and stuff for some you know medical issues but then also like i i took a long trip to europe not like a study abroad but we basically took a spring break and we extended it on both sides of spring break and i went with like five other guys and we traveled around europe and that was super fun i haven't been back since i probably won't until the kids are like you know adults like yeah. i was saying but i have been to europe and then I mean, you live in Minnesota, like everybody makes it to Canada at some point or another. Um, I'm I've, sure. I've also been to Mexico. Like I visited the Southwest and the desert enough when I was a kid and like visiting grandparents and stuff that like you're in Arizona enough, like you might as well just hop the border and go see what's going on in Mexico because why not? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, other trips too that just kind of like into and out of Canada, Mexico, just visiting places. Um, and then I did a bunch of work travel when I was like a full-time video production guy. Most of that was out to either New York or LA, like one coast or another, because those are like big production places in the country, which makes sense. You know, that's what I actually, what I was about to ask was did with all of your video production, did, how much of that was travel? Like did that impact? Uh, well, did you travel a bunch for it? Um, not a ton. I tried not to like I, I would always try to be the home team because like at that point we were like either about to have a kid or we had just had a kid like my daughter was super young. Yeah. Um, so when I had the option, I would try to be the guy who stayed back because you need that person that you can send footage yeah. to that can start working on an edit that can start like, you know, doing a, a lot of that kind of stuff that work and then just maintaining the other projects going on while most of the team is away. So most of the travel that I ended up doing, like I said, was one of the coasts, one of the, you know big cities that does a lot of video production. Um, yeah. I didn't do, like my team would travel. My team traveled to China. They traveled to Germany. They traveled, I don't know. There, there were a bunch of different projects that took us kind of around the world. And I mostly opted out just because of the age of my kids at the time. But no, I didn't do a ton of travel. And that was kind of on purpose. That's what I was trying not to do at that time anyway. And that's one of the things I'm actually very excited about right now is that whenever I was brought on at Elegant Themes, my content manager asked, are you OK with uh, travel and uh, short term travel specifically? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'd be great for that. I love love going places. And uh, I do like going places alone, too. Like, I love exploring a city by myself, like walking around, running, and like going to the zoo and just discovering what I can. So one of the things that they, they were talking about is they take a yearly company retreat somewhere. And so sometimes it's like Europe and uh, Berlin was a few years ago. So I'm excited to see where next year's going now that I'm a staff member. And uh, like, I'm going to be traveling around the country soon, like really starting this weekend uh, as of this recording at least uh starting traveling and doing like 
coverage of them on social media. So it's going to be like super geeky travel that I'm going to be doing, going to WordPress WordCamps and uh, talking with developers and uh, playing on the internet and doing it on social media and stuff and just traveling around uh, doing that. Uh, so I'm I'm super excited to be maybe going to places I've never been uh, and meeting people and experiencing stuff because that those are the great things about going to conferences in, in Albuquerque and uh, Phoenix and stuff like that was the people were cool and getting to hang out uh, sometimes. Uh, Learning Center administrators aren't necessarily the most rambunctious people in the world. Um, but uh, but still, you, you would meet people, have fun, and uh, then I would go explore the cities. So whenever I'm not going to be at, a, at the WordCamp during the day or something live streaming, I'm going to be able to go explore wherever in the world I am uh, or do it early morning. Like, I'm super excited because of travel for work. Yeah, I used to do that, too. Every time I did travel for work, I would explore the city that we were in, which a lot of people are just like, no, it's the end of the day. I'm going to the hotel. I'm like, eh, <laughs> this is a free trip. I'm going to go see what this city is about. Um, exactly. That's the kind of person. I am like I I like to explore I like to explore my video games I like to explore in real life too and you know right now it's a lot of opting out of travel but like as my kids are getting older um we're slowly like incrementing how far away from home we're going with them and yeah. they just recently took a trip down to Kansas for a short weekend that my wife did solo with them without me which I was extremely impressed by they did great which means that we can probably awesome. probably start actually doing road trips here soon um they're probably ready for planes and stuff also so we will start traveling a little bit more soon but for the last uh you know 5 6 7 years we've been pretty pretty grounded where we are which is okay right. that was kind of the plan you know the whole time and like it's just fun as they get older like they're already talking about places they want to go and see and like they're tracking the states they've been to which they think is really cool i mean i did when that i was is. a kid obviously like i know how many states i've been to so they're doing the same thing and it's really fun to see that yeah so that's kind of like our travel histories but I want to talk a little bit about, like, how do you keep geeky while you travel? Because, like, I do go explore a lot, but also yep. there's downtime in travel, whether it's, like, in a car or on a plane, especially waiting for a plane. There's a lot of waiting when you do a lot of plane flying. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, like, have you traveled enough to have strategies for this stuff? Well, most of the time it's books. That books are by far – I get – so much read whenever I'm whenever I'm traveling, whether it's even when it's uh, not for work or flying or anything like that. That I keep so many ebooks on my Kindle and on my phone that I am constantly reading something that if i'm flying i'm reading and uh, i know a lot of people like load movies onto it but i just get so bored and jittery i can't watch stuff while i travel i'm not sure what it is but whenever i try to watch anything on a plane or in a car or honestly even in a hotel room a lot of times it's just i want to be something more active than that, that that my brain needs to be stimulated more than that and it's probably just the fact that I'm traveling so I read a ton and when I'm not reading when I'm not don't have that downtime like that I end up listening to tons of audiobooks and podcasts that uh, I can't remember if it was Phoenix or Albuquerque where where I basically it was Albuquerque I walked around the city when I wasn't in a session with my headphones on my phone in my pocket, uh, powering through 
the Writing Excuses podcast that Brandon Sanderson uh, hosts. And I got through seasons of it while I was just exploring the city and uh, just learning about how to write my novels. And uh, it's like that's mostly what I do is with books. I don't do a lot of gaming that it's changing a little more now that uh, that cell phones are, are able to give real gaming experiences. Uh, I went to the beach uh the Florida Panhandle is probably five years ago and I had discovered that there were emulators on Android and I was playing Final Fantasy VI at the beach on my phone and I remember just being like this is a lot nicer than just having to keep my old Game Boy with me when I was a kid and I just I don't do a lot of that but if I get a switch I can totally see that changing um, when I'm going this weekend I'm tra- only traveling a couple couple hours away to the word camp I'm speaking at this weekend and I'm gonna bring my Vita to see how powerful the Wi-Fi is at my hotel to see whether or not I'm gonna be able to play Kingdom Hearts on my Vita while I'm there. Yeah. Probably for, for using probably remote not play. With a hotel Wi-Fi. Probably but not. Good luck. You might as well try it out. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try it and see. Yeah, I mean for me uh, I, it used to be a little bit of everything, especially when I was a kid, like road trips, you know, in the backseat of the car. Like I, and I think that might be where my tendency to like overpack electronics for trips comes from because yeah. I will take all of the options and then there are things that I won't even touch once during a yep, trip. I do too. But I, my bags are so full of yeah. electronics. I do bring it all. I just don't end up using it. Right. So like what I actually end up using is it's kind of fallen into a pattern and I have been this way for a number of years now but i didn't think about it until we started to do the show notes for this episode and basically if i'm actively traveling right if i'm in a plane that's in the air flying or if i'm in a car that's on the road moving like i'm either doing i'm doing something that's like audio it's almost always audible or podcast so like you said a lot of like audiobooks or a lot of podcasts that's kind of what i do while like actually in motion if i'm waiting somewhere I like tend to go towards more like iOS stuff, like games or Twitter, yeah. social media, you know, any of my normal stuff on my phone. But like Hearthstone was my game for travel like a couple of years ago. And oh, I bet. Like I knew that I had a year that had a lot of travel in it. So every time a new expansion came out that year, which was only like twice or something, I would just drop 50 bucks right away, get all the cards for that expansion and just be good to go. And I would play that like every time I was waiting in an airport one way or another, you know, if it was between flights or it, you just end up at airports a lot, you know, it like it happens. Yeah. And that was kind of like my airport game. Like if I'm sitting there not doing anything else, I was playing Hearthstone, which was really fun. And then the other thing is just like handheld gaming. I tend to use that to decompress at night. Like I'm an introvert, very, very much an introvert. And I will go explore cities, right? Which it's, it's a lot of stimulation, but like it's always worth it to go explore a city to me. But at the end of the night, when I get back to a hotel room, if I need to like switch my brain into a new mode, I need something that takes up like 100% of my concentration. Okay, so I get I it. will get out a 3DS uh, in the past. You know, now I haven't traveled since I got the Switch, but I'm sure that's what it would be instead. I would get out the Switch at night. So that's kind of like a nighttime thing, like unwind, just kind of like get my mind out of, you know, travel exploration mode and into like, okay, let's just calm down for the night. Um, and and then, that tends to be reading for me when I'm traveling like that, when I need to do that decompression, when I'm so excited, reading yeah. rather 
rather than listening for something when I'm actually having to sit. And, and a lot of it may be because it works the same way of where you focus on something that, that this is what I'm doing right now, as opposed to doing something passive. It, uh, it totally helps me do that. And I can see the handheld being better than uh, mobile gaming too, because it's not quite so spastic, not quite so episodic. And you can invest fully in a, honestly, a more realized game than most mobile games are. Yeah. Something like a 3DS or a Vita in the past. And like yep. I said, it would be Switch now, probably. And then like books, reading, I don't really do that when I'm in the act of traveling. But if I'm taking like a relaxing vacation, right? So like I said, you know, there's like the North Shore here in Minnesota, which I guess if you don't know, it's the North Shore of Lake Superior. Like there's resorts all up and down it. And it's beautiful if you go at the right time of year. Oh, I'm sure. Um, or like the the last time we went on a vacation, just my wife and I, we went to like a beach for a long week and we just like went to the beach and I would just read every day. Like we just sit next to each other and talk and I would just take my Kindle every day to the beach and it was perfect. So if I'm like, it sounds weird. If I'm actively relaxing, that's when I read. Does that make sense? It, it makes sense, but it's so foreign to me on that being what it is on what you actually do. Because whenever I, I'm doing that, when I'm actively relaxing by reading or something like that, it's, uh, my active relaxation tends to be, I don't even want, I don't want to say meditative, but like when Jennifer and I are at the beach and we're talking to each other, I can't just, I can't read because I'm focusing on that and then I can't have a conversation. And when I try to have a conversation, then I don't remember anything I've read. So it has to be the the shorter stuff for me. I mean, if you spend like eight hours at a beach, you're not talking constantly for eight hours. Well, no, maybe no. if you I spend are, eight hours at a but, beach, I'm dying. Uh -oh. I uh, I get so bored at the beach. Like about about an hour to two hours is about my cutoff for actually being on the beach. Well, and like I tended to do more like activity based vacations for a long time, but right. since having kids, it's the opposite. I need like <laughs> I need those I times bet. where I can just here's a couple hours dedicated to reading because I just don't get that ever yeah you know like it's hard to carve out time like that that's really truly uninterrupted so yes. when i have a chance it's just like a luxury at this point but yeah i mean all that kind of stuff you know books audio podcasts mobile games ios like 3ds like all of that i guess is how i like keep it geeky while i'm out in the world traveling around and i'm i'm pretty similar i was thinking while you were talking about this about packing up that bag where used to when i was a kid it was uh, all paperbacks that i would just load up basically a duffel bag with paperbacks and would just run through them and uh now it's uh because i don't have to do that i pack up my laptop and all the rest of it even more like i pack one bag instead of having a book bag and an electronics bag yeah no i'm pretty good at keeping my bag size down like i have one carry-on and then usually depending on how much my wife wants to bring to something we can get by with just like one rolling suitcase between the two of us for like all of our everything else basically oh man i'm way too prissy and high maintenance to be able to share a bag on vacation i have so much more stuff than my wife does like I have the way bigger suitcase with way more uh, 
more clothes with different options. It's, uh, oh man, I'm so prissy and high maintenance. Wow, that doesn't surprise me though. So No, it, it shouldn't. It should not surprise anybody who's listened to this for a while. So there we go. Some geeky travel, some travel history from us. That was fun. Uh, I'm glad that we got back to that. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's dive into our geeky offer of the week. This week, Audible, like we have a lot lately, you can go to audibletrial.com slash geek2geekcast and get a free month trial with a free book from us. My recommendation this week is The Homefront with Martin Sheen. And this is one that like I just got for free by being an Audible subscriber. Sometimes they throw those to you, you know? Uh-huh. I love it when they do that. Yeah, and I always pick them up, but it's not always like the genre or like type of book I would normally listen to. And since I've been doing more of hardcore history lately, I've been thinking that maybe I should actually pick up some like history books for fun, which is a weird sentiment because I haven't looked at a history book or anything since like I was required to in probably college or maybe high school, honestly. But good nonfiction is so good. Right. And that's the thing. I have to keep reminding myself when I say history book, I don't mean history textbook. I mean like an actual interesting book. And this was free from Audible. It's Martin Sheen kind of narrating, kind of hosting. And it's almost like a series of vignettes. It's almost structured like podcast episodes. And each one's about half an hour. And it's like real life Americans talking about the World War II as it was going on. So sometimes it's like letters that he's reading to you, but some of it is like recordings from the time and you actually hear the people talking about it. So it's super interesting, especially like the fireside chats when people were encouraged to like write into the president before the war had even started. And people talking about like how it's affecting them locally and like what they're seeing, you know, in the economy and like how the price of different things is going up or how, you know, like the men are leaving town and they they like, you know, they're like, well, we hope that you use like the people who volunteered and not the draftees, but we understand. And it's just like hearing it from actual people like recordings from the 40s essentially yeah or the 30s i suppose it's just super super fascinating and then i always like i like martin sheen i mean i'm a fan of the west wing like so him tying it all together is also a nice touch there so i've been listening to that and like i said it was free for me because i was already a a member but you can go pick it up for whatever and again audibletrial.com slash geek to geek cast but i'm really liking that book that sounds great i'll have to look into that yeah i guess it's not even a book it's more of it's an audio production which is pretty cool yep. which are awesome whenever you can get them okay what about weekly geekery what do you got this week um this week i i got in some action figures kind of um i ordered a gamestop had done this cool thing where i was talking with austin and he's super into funko pops and i like them i know we did our uh geeky collecting and stuff like that and i like having Funkos of stuff that I really think are cool and that I like, but I don't go crazy. It's like something if I see it, it's like, oh, that's neat. Um, I'll probably not get it, but if it's like, oh my God, I have to have this. And I saw that GameStop did, well, they were making a, I saw that Funko was making the Tron Kingdom Hearts Funko Pops and that they were going to be this, um, like, part of a vinyl blind box set and i was like man i hate blind box i'm not gonna do this but i would i love that part of kingdom hearts too i love tron i would love to have those but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy a bunch of blind boxes and austin then sent me later that day uh he was like oh yeah gamestop is selling these boxes and they come with uh a three pack of full-sized uh kingdom hearts sora donald and goofy uh 
Tron figures, and one in six, I think, are glow-in-the-dark chase sets. And it also comes with two of the blind boxes. So it finally came in the other day, and I got one of the glow-in-the-dark chase sets um, where it's got the lines that actually glow in the dark like they're Tron figures. So they're really cool, and they're worth way they're worth about five times on ebay right now what i paid for the box you can sell them for about 150 dollars um it's 30 dollars for the box so i figured either way i'd be able to sell it if i decided i didn't want it but i got the i got the uh, glow in the dark ones and they look super cool so i'm looking at them right now and just like oh these are neat they're on my desk and i'm having a hard time deciding whether i should keep them or sell them because i'm like that's half a switch and uh, I've also been playing while we've recorded tonight with the little heartless vinyl figure that I've got. I used to keep a Tonberry on my desk, and now it's a little uh, heartless that uh, is my little mascot down here, little little shadow, little smallest one. Um, so I geeked out about that uh, quite a bit and uh, playing with those. I even, Austin uh, had some family stuff going on. His twins were born, and so he was in the hospital with them, and so I sent him an unboxing video video of uh of that because he didn't get them and so i sent it so that it would uh, give him some uh some time of something other than uh you know twins being born uh hecticness so uh yeah that was fun to, that's very cool that was fun to do and uh so I've also been playing with live streaming, uh, stuff like that, doing the doing that unboxing video and stuff, because part of my job is every week I do a live stream uh, on on my company's Facebook page. And I'm going to be doing more of that. I mentioned in a previous episode, who knows when they're when it's going to air about maybe going to like word camps and doing live streaming. So I'm I've been doing a lot of research on social media live streaming streaming and playing with it on geek fitness and stuff like that so uh i've been really geeking out just trying to learn what works for stuff like that and how people tend to do it and respond and looking at different social media platforms where like so much of is like the instagram and facebook stories now versus actual live video it's super weird but i've been like really geeking out on the possibilities of it so uh i'll you'll probably be getting more of that from me from like the geek fitness podcast it will probably have a lot more like uh videos and stuff like that rather than audio because of just me playing around figuring stuff out and experimenting and and honestly me geeking out for a little bit and figuring something new out and then just doing it and putting it somewhere i mean that's that's how you got to start that kind of stuff though you just have to do it like you can only sit around thinking about it for so long like if you want something if you want to get good at something or if you want to actually like accomplish something productive at some point you just have to start doing it and then you improve like that's i have figured that out through like blogging and like video work i've done and podcasting it's like at some point you just have to like pull the trigger and just do it so it's it's really cool that you're getting into that and trying out all these different things and i'm sure you'll probably land on certain things that work for you that you like the format of and then just refine those down and i absolutely will and because i enjoyed doing i did like a mini shoe review the other day and posted it on my blog like i had a good time doing that uh way more than just the hey guys look at what's going on right now kind of 
thing. Um, but I would also I will also want to say for anybody listening right now that um, if going back to what you said there, uh, start and do it because. I got the job that I have because we decided to start this podcast and having that experience really helped push me above other people. And also by doing that live stream, that was part of what it was. Like I had experience speaking and on camera and doing stuff on the fly with somebody else. Like my guest had technical issues the other day and couldn't come on. So I had to fly solo for the first time. And because I've been doing this for so long and I'm so comfortable with it, despite it being my job, never having done it before and having no idea exactly what would go over with the community it was just like all right let's do this i turned the camera on and just went for it where it was uh, nerve-wracking but at the same time i was already so used to doing it from doing stuff like this and the other podcasts and stuff like that that it's it's a skill so you guys who are listening absolutely go geek out and do stuff and just try it and i promise you that one day there's a really good chance that uh, you're going to have a skill that you didn't realize you had <laughs> kind of like me i did not realize that i could just and you guys are well aware i can talk for an hour uh with nothing oh but, i'm well aware but didn't even phase me i'm like yeah let's go through this okay let's do it and i just started talking yeah the, as yeah, the editor of this podcast you are well aware how much i can talk i i am well aware but that is an interesting topic and we should do like a whole episode on it later because we should that's that's worth our time to do that as a main topic okay so putting that aside for the rest of this episode um stuff that i did this week the uh, i went through one of my like app store samples which you know i do this every once in a while where i just pull down a ton of games and try them all some of them for five minutes some of them for multiple hours and nothing nothing's really sticking out but one of the things i noticed this time is that like there are so many competitive games out there, and I think it's just that structure of, like, they want you to buy whatever it is, right? Currency or loot boxes or, like, blind bags or whatever they want to sell you, and they're, like, compete against other people and get better. Um, That that doesn't appeal to me. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge yeah. competitive gamer. You know this by now. And I'm just wondering, like, where are the online co-op games for, like, iOS and Android? There just don't seem to be that many outside of... Things that are more like Farmville, you know, which yeah. I don't even know what the modern equivalent of that is because Farmville is out of date at this point. But like yep. for a while there on Facebook, it was like share this game to your friends and give each other energy or whatever. But that's yep. not uh-huh. actually an interesting co-op mechanic. That's just like the bottom of the barrel, right? There's no actual interesting co-op games that I could find. And once I started the- thinking about this, like I really was like, are there? Like um, the only know. one that's come into mind right now is actually the Kingdom Hearts game that I've been playing, Union Key Cross, because they have a the main thing is like the unions in there, and they're essentially levels that you do with other people. It randomly matches you with other people. You're going through and you're fighting these enemies together, and then at the very end, there's basically a raid boss that you go in and you fight together. And if it kills one of you, you can revive them and stuff like that. Where it's still that simple more simple gameplay for the mobile game but it is straight up co-op that uh that you don't get elsewhere where it's not engaging like say world of warcraft rating where you need that kind of co-op but it's uh, it's a lot more than farmville that is pretty sweet so i i'm basically hey if you know of any sweet online like co-op games that are on ios or android like send them my way because i want to check them out the other thing that i did this week is i played this game called universal paper clips have you heard of this one 
No. Okay, it is really good. Um, if you guys want to check it out, it is at decisionproblem.com slash paperclips. And it is it's not quite a clicker game even though like the first five minutes you might be clicking, but it is like an automation game, which I love like systems and I do a lot of automation stuff for my job. So I always find automation interesting and it's basically you figuring out how to make paper clips and then automating this little part of it and then automating that little part of it and then improving efficiency. And it's a clicker game, but it's so much more and it slowly tells a story through its mechanics as you kind of consume the world with paper clips and then you go beyond the world and you go into outer space and it's just it goes off the rails in such interesting ways it's basically like a sci-fi story told through making paper clips it's really weird i'm playing it as you describe it and i don't understand how any of that is possible right that's the thing is the place that it starts is you have a button that says make paper clip and you click it and it, that's it it has humble beginnings and by the end you won't even believe like where you are and how you got there i played this game over a couple different days because it'll like cache in your browser and you can load it up tomorrow and it'll pick up where you left off and uh, okay like i i beat the game which it takes a while but it was worth that's it to ridiculous me because the story was really compelling and it doesn't ever explicitly tell you the story it's all told through the mechanics of the game which i just find so interesting but it's totally free it's just a browser game so again yeah i'm i'm clicking right now i've made 240 paper clips as of right now yeah i'm going to have to edit out your clicking um you are <laughs> but i don't have a mute on this new mic so you're welcome that's okay um so you can go to decisionproblem.com/paperclips and it's worth your time to at least look at um i also checked out metroid samus returns this week and it was kind of just another Metroid game. I was kind of let down by it. I'm glad I rented it. I'm glad I didn't buy it. But the thing is, it's just that because I have a better Metroid game because I got a Super Nintendo Classic and it has Super Metroid on it and I'd rather be playing that. So I want to talk about the Super Nintendo Classic. Did you have any questions about it? Because I know okay. you were pretty hyped for it too. Well, I want to ask why Super Metroid is a better Metroid game than Samus Returns or Metroid Return of Samus, whatever that one is. I want to know why it's better because it looks so cool to me that, that I don't I don't I don't get it because Super Metroid is great, but have they not made just a new modern fantastic better Metroid? Because I didn't no. know it was out yet, and I, I no, want to. Metroid I wanna, Samus I be... Returns is a remaster of the second Metroid game, which was on Game Boy. But is it is it an actual remaster? I thought it was a complete remake of well, it. Well, no, it's it's a remake, but like. I mean, you're comparing it to Super Metroid. That's, like, the best Metroid game. Like, nothing else really stacks up against it, in my opinion, anyway, in terms of Metroid. That's the one that I will always go to. Okay. Yeah. I, I really want to try it because I'm I'm not sold on that because I can totally see how the new modern one would be better because I've, I love Super Metroid, but I've probably gotten more gameplay out of, like, Metroid Fusion and Zero Mission and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I liked Fusion also, but I, I think Super Metroid is still just really, really good. It's such a good game. So the Super Nintendo Classic, which I always either call... It's weird. When I say it out loud, I say Super Nintendo, but yep. in my mind, I always think SNES. And then there are people I know that say like SNES or like SNES, and... They're wrong. They're wrong, so... I don't, this I don't know you. where that's coming from. Like where that, I wonder how regional it is or if it's like based on friend groups that would say it out loud. 
I, I mean, I guess I always just say Super Nintendo because that kind of has us covered. Yeah, I've always said Super Nintendo, and then it's like the 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 SNES kind of because I mean it's not a word. Nobody I've ever heard of called it the NES until like I'd heard like maybe five years ago or something. It was somebody on the internet, and then I heard people calling it a SNES, and I'm like, the only time I ever said SNES was uh, with Z SNES because the emulator because I just said it because that's just what it was. It was Z SNES and because Z S N E S was uh, was stupid, and but if somebody just calls it the SNES, I'm like. Super Nintendo, bro. It's Super it, Nintendo. It's, uh, yeah, I that, mean, that's I what guess it is. It's also kind of from the time before there was a whole lot of like voice sampling in games. So yeah. that might be playing a part of it. And before there was like worldwide communication for everyone every second of every day. Whereas now not knowing how to pronounce the system's name just wouldn't happen, you know? Right. Yeah. So the games I've been playing, I've been sampling a lot of games in it. I mean, they're like some of the best games ever, you know, from that generation. They're mm-hmm. like the best Super Nintendo games short of Chrono Trigger is missing for some reason. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, but that one was that, weird when I saw that it was. Yeah, besides that, it has basically every game that I would want on it. Um, most of my time that I've spent besides just kind of like playing around with all of them has actually been in Star Fox because I played that game to death when I was a kid. Like That's and- the reason I have a Super Nintendo is my dad went to Sears and played it all the time. And finally, we just bought one so we could play Star Fox at home. Yeah, so Star Fox, I, so good. I booted it up for the first time since the 90s, it has to have been. And I got to the second to last level in the game to that boss without dying. Like, nice. Apparently, those reflexes were just buried deep. And I didn't realize I could still do that. And then as soon as I died once, like you lose your laser power up and then it's all downhill from there. But yeah. I mean, I got legitimately through like what it's like six levels, six or seven levels. I didn't quite get to yeah. the very last level. But I mean, that was, you know, I hadn't played it for over 10 years closer to I don't even know how long. It's been a long time. You said since the 90s. I mean, that's yeah. been longer than 10 years from now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. No, it's been it's been quite some time. <laughs> I, know, I really can't remember the last time I played Star Fox. And watching videos of Star Fox 2 has been like, man, those graphics where it doesn't... It still doesn't look bad to me. And that's the weird thing is like, oh, that looks like good new graphics in my mind. Like in my heart where my where everything like the inner like self is it's like oh yeah that's what new graphics look like and i was like that's cool yeah it's i don't think they're great like i like them for the nostalgia but they don't actually hold up like it's not good graphics sorry beach but star fox and star fox 2 one of the things about star fox i forgot is that when you're in third person view which is the superior way to play is mm-hmm. <laughs> i love i'm just dropping these like just statements that people will fight me on i know they will um they will because it's the it, internet it has no reticle. I forgot that. I forgot that there's no, no there's reticle not. in the third person view of that first game. But still, I'm I don't know. I just had the reflexes for it because they're just ingrained from childhood. Star Fox 2 isn't that great. I I'm not a fan of it. Um I can see why they didn't release it because the N64 was just about to come out and the PlayStation yeah. was already out. If you put that game against like other modern 3D games modern for that time, it probably would not have done well. Like I you can't blame Nintendo for not releasing that game when they did at that time. Yeah. Yeah. But still it it did some cool things that hadn't been done before at that point. And that was the only thing about it. Like they repurposed a lot of that into Star Fox 64 and then yeah. later into Star Fox Command for the DS. 
like they didn't ever let those gameplay ideas go away they just didn't yeah. use them again until later and that's a fantastic thing for them to repurpose them i mean that's at least it's not wasted at least the developers still you know they they got their work out there so it's it's cool that it's out there now for people like us to look back on and be like oh what could have been but i'm also glad that like they didn't at the time probably wouldn't have gone well the other yeah. game and again there's tons of games i could talk about in here so i'm just cherry picking but Mega Man x is by far my favorite Mega Man game out of that mm. entire series i was never an original Mega Man person um Mega Man x was like i have played and beaten that one lots and lots and lots of times so that's another one that i'm pretty consistently so playing around good. with yeah i like that game a lot and then but i mean the best thing about the super nintendo classic is just watching my kids play it like that's really the reason i got it yeah i wanted to play around with the games for a couple days which i'm still kind of in that honeymoon phase with it but mm -hmm. it's more to just put it under the tv and just let the kids play it and like see what they think and let them experience these games from my childhood and they're loving it like they're having such a good time with it so that made me what very are they playing happy. the most what game are they playing the most? Um, my daughter's playing a lot of Yoshi's Island, which is cool to see. Oh, so good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then my son is jumping around between a bunch of games, but he's been playing a lot of um, like Super Mario World for the most okay. part. But, I mean, he's he's been kind of trying a little bit of everything. I don't know if he's really landed on something yet. But, yeah, I mean, as much as one of them could land on anything, my daughter's been playing Yoshi's Island and the main Kirby game that's on there that I'm forgetting the <laughs> name of. She loves it. Kirby, though. She does. She's Man. a big Kirby fan. And then my son's playing Super Mario World. And, um, like... I was curious because of Mario RPG being on there, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, interesting. I mean... That was curious on because, you know, we all, every single person who has ever played it has these fond memories of it blowing our minds. Yeah. And I'm really wondering, going back, if it holds up anywhere near as well as we remember it holding up. No. I mean, I didn't the answer it is no. It's... it's kind of rough around the edges especially because they've iterated from it so much right. now in other like mario yeah. rpg games but going back and playing it basically made me like i want them to make another game like that that is just yeah. a straight up mario rpg because everyone they do now has like gimmicks to it mm -hmm. or it's one of their like paper mario series or it's some kind of like weird spin-off thing with mario and luigi they don't have any just straight up Mario RPG like that game. Yep. And like me playing it and then watching my daughter play it a little bit, it makes me wish that they would do that again. Like they would go back to the roots, but then make it a modern game. I think that could be really compelling. The one that I thought was the closest to it, and I can't remember the name of it, it was one of the Paper Mario games where you, uh, it was when you finally got to turn it 3D, where you could take the 2D world and then you could flip it and go through it 3D and see and give it depth. It was on the Wii, and I can't remember which particular Mar uh, Paper Mario game it was now. It was like Door of the Seven somethings oh, or other. Thousand Year uh, Door? Thousand Year Door, that was it, I think. And uh, it was so good. Like, it reminded me the most about of Mario RPG as any of the any of the Paper Marios or the uh, Mario and Luigi games have. Yeah, I think that's probably the closest one since this game came out. Um, but again, I still I wish they would just cut the paper part and just and the, the Luigi part and just go back and make just a Mario RPG. I think it could be 
really good. I don't know. Yeah. But the Super Nintendo Classic, it's fun to play around with. I'm really glad that I got one. So now I can sit under my TV and we can just kind of play with it randomly whenever, which is, that was my overall goal, you know? And that's, yeah. that's really what anybody, I think, wants them for, because that's what I want it for. I don't expect to ever spend, you know, 40 hours going through Mario RPG again, but I could totally see myself beating Yoshi's Island over it, like, once again. Yeah, yeah, and just slowly picking away at stuff over, you know, a long mm-hmm. time with the save states and all of the different features. They have, like, they have a rewind in there, which is cool. Oh, good, because the Disney Afternoon Collection has that, and it is so awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's interesting. Actually, the rewind goes back really far for RPGs. I think most of the games you can rewind, like, five or 15 seconds or something okay. like that. And then when you get to the RPGs, you can rewind, like, five minutes. Like, <laughs> uh, but so that you can really not mess yourself up. Yeah, which is pretty cool to see. Um, that is cool. Okay, that's probably it for this week. Next week we'll be back, and I think we'll be in real time again, which means if I've looked at the calendar correctly, next week might be an episode about like Assassin's Creed Origins or Mario Odyssey or both, depending on where I'm at and how much we want to yep. talk about those games. But I have a feeling that by the time the next episode hits the feed, those will be top of mind for us, don't you think? Probably. And that'll probably be, I don't know if I'll have Assassin's Creed Origins at that point. So we'll see if it's me asking you questions and drooling over Mario. Yeah, either way. Either way will work for me. You let me know yep. what ends up happening. Okay, you can write us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And if you want more real-time uh, interaction with us, we can also get you an invite to our Slack server at slack.geek2geekcast.com. And uh, we're part of a podcast network too, y'all. So head over to geek2geekcast.com and check out the rest of our shows. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with the two E's I stole from his green mushroom. And I blog at geekfitness.net. We've been Void and Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geekaroonies. everyone i'm katie and i'm chelsea and we're the hosts of the podcast tea time with katie and chelsea we are two best friends who love pop culture we try to have a female perspective on things but we really just talk about anything we like what are some recent topics we've done katie uh well we've talked about girl power songs wonder woman veronica mars young adult fiction novels san diego comic-con and so much more so grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on itunes or stitcher and start listening today